Now more of the Midcoast Morning Buzz. WCME. 7, 38, 22 till 8. The Buzz on Tuesday morning, November 30. It just happens to be the last day, of course, in uh, November with uh, the month of December showing up first thing tomorrow in a further reminder that the uh, holidays are up on us. If you needed a reminder, you certainly don't need a reminder if you walk into your uh, typical retail store these days. Anyway, we've been uh, we've been heavily focused, fair to say, uh, this morning in a lot of our uh, news coverage on the new Omicron variant and all things uh, COVID-19. But we're going to uh, switch subjects, get off of that for the uh, next uh, few minutes to uh, talk about... Uh, what uh, may be the most uh, widely uh, discussed and maybe, you know, I don't think it would be an exaggeration to say the most fearsome uh, local issue uh, right now on the Midcoast, perhaps aside from COVID-19, and that would be all the uh, controversy and all the debate about the state, physical state, and perhaps the state otherwise of the Frank J. Wood Bridge that, of course, connects Brunswick and Thompson across the Androscoggin River and the whole corresponding debate is to what or in the eyes of maybe a few remaining people what should not be done uh, to the uh, bridge we've had a couple of very strong uh, expressions of opinion about all this from the brunswick uh, side of the river notably the two at-large uh, town councilors kathy wilson in particular also dan ankeles have really uh, sounded off mightily on this saying that uh, we need a, a new bridge and uh, we just uh, need to uh, get past all the uh, legalities here, the court stuff, uh, and get on with it. Former Thompson uh, Selectman uh, Bill Thompson, who I always found to be an outspoken presence on the town council, and I like that. If I have one bias as a reporter, I freely admit that I like politicians and public officials who talk and let us know what they're thinking, and you always did that. Oh, yes. And, and I mi- no, I miss your presence at uh, oh, thank you. at meetings of the uh, well, thank you. Thompson Select Board. I really do. You added something there that well, you always said I was never afraid of a microphone. <laughs> well, that in my judgment, that's a good thing. Well, I would take it, Bill, from the preliminary conversations I've had with you. You pretty much agree with uh, Kathy Wilson, Dan Ankeles, that we need to move on here. But talk talk about well, your- we do need to move on. I mean, th- this all started in 2015, and here we are at the end of 2021. And yeah. we're still, you know, we're still talking about it. Had the schedule gone down like MDOT originally wanted, we would have a new bridge right now because it would have started construction in 2019. For anybody who doesn't know the reference to MDOT, that's the main department of the main transportation. Department of transportation. Most people do. Go ahead. But, you know, I'm not going to sit here and talk, with the, you know, the condition of the bridge and how people don't feel safe over it and the back and forth is not what I'm really going to talk about. Um, I really want to talk about the economic impact specifically to Topsom because of why uh, a bridge closing would have some impact here um, to, on our side of bridge, you know, a lot. I can't speak for Brunswick. Uh, I, I think they will weather it. But I bring that up because what's happening now is if you look at the – appeal that the only word historic uh, concerning the bridge is written by their lawyers who i'm assuming here is the historic bridge foundation and the national trust for historic preservation these are the uh, two organizations with their lawyers out of washington dc now all of a sudden 
historic really doesn't come into play anymore. When you interviewed Jim Graham back in uh, September of... John Graham. Uh, John sorry, Graham. I'm sorry. John Graham. Sorry, John. Um, in 2019, it was all about history, history, history. How historic, this and that, and I'll go into it. Well, that's pretty much been shot down because if you read the appeal, the only word historic is how the lawyers wrote it up and they referred it as the historic Frankwick Bridge. Well, I know you want to go into another direction. You've got some time to do that. But just tell me briefly why you don't feel uh, that this bridge is uh, historic to the extent that we need to save it. Uh, well, this was a bridge that when it was constructed, it was constructed based on cost only. Um, the design, you know, again, this is a back and forth, and I want to spend a lot of time on it. Uh, it was built because it was cheap. At that time, that design of the bridge was already out of favor, and more other bridges were coming to it uh, or were being built. You know, so it's not going to be able to sort of jump ahead it's not going to be able to handle the traffic based on the projections that the towns have done and MDOT has done for future so in that regard you know it just and there's plenty of people who are longtime residents I've spoken to and I haven't really had to uh search out anyone but just in casual conversations and somehow it comes up most of the people or say actually all the people that I've spoken to don't support it now, the friends say that they have a lot of supporters based on the likes on their Facebook page. Now, you know, that doesn't really mean too much considering that anyone in the world, I mean, if Nigel in Christchurch who happens to like Trust Bridges likes your, or a Nigerian <laughs> prince, I mean, does that really count? <laughs> um, I, I've got to say, and, uh, you know, I know you'll come clean on this. It's amazing to me, I mean, this is a, a diverse community, uh, you know, we're full of, of lots of different people who have lots of different points of view on uh, various issues. I have, I don't recall in the near decade that I've been uh, running this uh, thing and talking to a lot of people with lots of different opinions. I don't recall an issue on which there has been more unanimity, at mm -hmm. least lately, than this one. I can't find anymore anybody who doesn't think that we shouldn't move on and build a new bridge. All right. If you go on the Tal Topson website, I'm sure Brunswick may have something. There's all the documentation there, which is where I pulled down my information when I was researching for this interview. When I was on the select board, we signed two letters with full board support of the bridge. Brunswick signed uh, a letter with, with uh, I believe it was a seven to two in support of the bridge. Now, collectively, the two towns, we represent 30,000 people. Outside of the friends group, a few people, they're the only ones that have said that, you know, we want to go down this route of rehabilitation. No one ever came up. No one ever came to any of our meetings to, with the exception of the friends group on one or two occasions, to demand that we should support uh, refurbishing the bridge. So, you know, I think we had a pretty good feel for the town at that time, and I think it's still going on you know, now. I mean, people are just tired of it. We're expending too much energy on this. Now, there's a couple points I want to make. I, I'm going to, we're, we're at the quarter hour. We're going to take a break. All right. Come back, and uh, it will be all bridge until uh, the top of the hour. Absolutely. And uh, I want to hear. Uh, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, well, I think, and I, I like this because I think you've got some uh, material here that we haven't, 
uh, touched on in connection with that, and that's of value. Bill Thompson, former uh, Thompson uh, selectman, I was saying to Bill uh, uh, off the air that it seems to me, and I may have a little bit more to say about this uh, later on this morning, that the Friends of the Bridge have gone into exile. I mean, I've tried to invite them on this program, and uh, I don't hear from them. Uh, Bill has... You haven't really been in exile, but we haven't heard from you for uh, several months, and I just note that it's good to hear from you again. We'll hear more from Bill in just a moment. 747 at WCME. Top stories on the Midcoast this morning. Governor Mills noting that the COVID-19 variant Omicron has not yet shown up in Maine, but could at any moment. It is, after all, uh, showing up in Ontario. The governor calling on the State Department of Health and Human Services and CDC to closely track the new variant. Meanwhile, a record high for summer spending at Maine hotels and restaurants this year as those hotels and restaurants bounce back from trouble at the beginning of the pandemic. And crime in Maine dropping by more than 6% last year. Sunny uh, right now, but increasing clouds as we move through the day. A high of only 35 and 24 now at WCME. And Brad Marchand, the Bruins forward, suspended for three games for slew footing a defenseman for the Vancouver Canucks the other night. We'll have more with former Topsom selectman Bill Thompson. From Topsom in about two minutes on WCMA. If someone should ask, you're on the new station on the Mid Coast, WCME. It is 7.50, 10 minutes to late on the last day in November. Jim Blakekamp doing the buzz here with former Topsom selectman Bill Thompson. And uh, Bill, before we go any further, just want to get your reaction to the last post uh, so far as I can tell, on the Friends of the uh, Frank J. Wood Bridge website, which goes back to October 17th. This is just before the uh, second-to-last advisory from MDOT, the one that uh, enacted weight limits on the bridge. This was before the more recent advisory closing the bridge to uh, all commercial vehicles. And... Uh, This is what they said. I find this uh, very interesting. Rumor has it that tomorrow, Monday, October 18th, MDOT is going to lower the weight limit on the bridge to 10 tons, which did, in fact, happen. If so, this would not be surprising to us as MDOT has failed to maintain the bridge or carry out any meaningful repairs in years. To be very clear, this weight reduction is squarely on the shoulders of MDOT. This tactic will stir up a whole new round of finger-pointing and cries of the bridge is unsafe. It must be replaced, which certainly has happened. Do not be fooled. It was MDOT who failed to follow the law and MDOT who should have rehabbed the bridge in 2016 when their study stated it was feasible and prudent to do so, who are solely responsible for the bridge's condition. Once the bridge is rehabilitated, it will again carry all legal load limits. Your reaction? Well, yeah, okay, yes. <laughs> MDOT could have done a better job, right? But the fact of the matter is they didn't. Now, they're talking about this, and, you know, it's always some com- conspiracy or, you know, they're skewing the numbers to basically get to what they want. But I'd like to quote something out of the appeal that I was looking at here. This is on page 20 for anybody who wants to read it. Now, there's, it's saying all this other stuff, but this is... This is page 20 of what now? Page 20 of the uh, appeal after the decision. Okay, okay. So, um, 
uh, I'll just get this quickly. Additionally, it's disputed that every alternative considered by the agencies is feasible from an engineering standpoint. Lastly, no one contends in this litigation that the appropriate action is, quote unquote, no action. The dilapidated condition of the Frank W. Uh, Frank J. Wood Bridge is acknowledged by all. Instead, the issue, the issue is whether the agencies reasonably concluded that the rehabilitation alternatives are not prudent due to extraordinary costs. Costs, that's it. That's this now. It's not as a historic property. They say it's going to be, it's cheaper to rehab a bridge. Now, continuing on there, uh, one of the ways they want to bring down the cost is that MDOT wants to build a $4 million temporary bridge so we can continue to have traffic going across. Uh, Which we really do need, don't we? Certainly. Yeah. We cannot afford to have that, uh, have that bridge shut down for 20 months. I don't think so. So I can get on that a little bit. But here, let me just keep moving on here. Uh, they feel that we should um, you know, detour. Now, they describe, and here again, I'm quoting, they describe a $4 million temporary bridge. This is the friends and the lawyers who represent them. They describe a $4 million temporary bridge as an irrational exp expenditure for what would otherwise be a three or four minute detour. Three or four minute detour going around the bypass. Really? I mean, I've driven probably thousands of miles on the bypass. And I could tell you, I've been delayed more than three, four minutes, and that's not including dumping the thousands of cars that will now have to go down in that route. Well, you're certainly, I think, going to be delayed more than that in, in Russia. Or I want to know Russia. what methodology they came up for that one. Yeah, I that sounds uh, uh, like an underestimate, to say the right. least. Go and ahead. So they cite, they advocate constructing a detour with a cost of a million dollars instead of a temporary bridge with a cost of $4 million. Now, consequently, I don't know how it's going to affect Brunswick. I think they would do pretty well. But Topsom can't afford to have that bridge shut down. Uh, when I was on the board, and I know it continues to this day, we put a lot of work, time, and effort into building, getting, building up the lower village, getting businesses to uh, move in there. If, if we lose access permanently for no matter how many months, it's absolutely going to devastate every single business down there. No one's going to drive from Brunswick, go around the bypass to go to Sea Dog. No one's going to drive and go, what is it, Blueberry? What is There's that restaurant? Yeah, Blueberries. Blueberries. Good, nice place. Blueberries will go under because no one's going to go out of their way. I mean, okay, some will. Say they have 10 people that eat there every day. Maybe two or three will show up. They're going to go out of business. So my question is, is the Historical Bridge Foundation, the Friends, and the National Trust going to sit over there and take their meals over there to help these businesses out that they're going to deprive of revenue? And additionally, how many trucking companies, how many people use the bridge for vehicle traffic for their business? And now they have to detour out. Because remember, it's only a three or four minute delay, apparently, not including all the thousands of cars that are going to pump in. <laughs> this is all craziness. It's all about costs. It's not about history anymore. It's all about costs. That's what they're arguing. By the way, uh, you're a former uh, select board member. You keep in touch with uh, the way things are going. I would suspect, and I really haven't taken any uh, surveys, and I, I will be the first to acknowledge, I've stopped uh, driving over uh, that bridge, and I, I did it uh, after the... Uh, after the weight limits were announced, I've stopped doing it uh, lately. I would think they're already hurting. I mean, that they've got to be taking some kind of a hit just because so many people are just 
unwilling to drive over the Well, yeah, I've read those same comments, too, and okay, that's fine. I mean, I still drive across it. Um, I, you know, I don't have those same concerns, but, you know, it's a real concern because of that design of type of bridge. It has no <coughs> uh, essentially backups. So if something in, in the structure and design, so if, if a key girder fails, um, if the bridge doesn't collapse entirely, it uh, would be uh, probably in pretty serious shape. And then that just opens up the whole can of worms. You, again, though, are not moved uh, by uh, anything to do with uh, costs or allegedly lower costs uh, that would. Well, no, they, 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 you know, okay, the judge in his original opinion said, okay, yeah, maybe these costs, you know, using my own layman's terms, maybe these costs are, are a little skewed, et cetera, et cetera, but he still ruled in favor of the main department of transportation and he did not find that everything was unreasonable now believe me i i went through this opinion and i went through the amendment it's all about numbers and it's all about money i mean it's enough enough numbers that are make your eyes bleed believe me um yeah it's just it's exhausting this whole process just one uh, more thing uh, some of the advocates of the uh, new bridge have pointed out that the uh, design of this new bridge will allow for certain amenities on both sides of the river that uh, aren't there now aren't possible now are you uh, moved by that okay say it one more well second. i just wonder if if uh, you think that's a uh, considerable factor in this uh, discussion that some advocates kathy wilson uh, notably the brunswick at large uh, counselor likes to talk about the amenities and the uh, the uh, parkland the, the small right, right, park that right. uh, would be created i think yes. on the brunswick side yes of the there's river. been a lot of proposals actually some very nice proposals um some were uh had to be pushed aside due to cost concerns uh yeah i know I believe the town of Topsom has uh, set aside some money to for amenities on the Topsom side. Now, l let me just make a point here, and I know this will be highly disputed, and this only comes from my days when I was on the board. I know that MDOT has gone over and above to help appease their friends to try to get this done. Uh, over and above, considering just a replacement of a bridge somewhere else, say, uh, like the one down Lisbon Falls. And it, the whole time they've been shouted down, you know, everything's wrong, uh, your engineers are wrong. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's basically like, well, I don't like your answer, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say you're wrong and find someone who's going to give me the answer I'm looking for. Okay. I think uh, you made your point. You uh, are joining the chorus of those who feel it's time to move on build a new well, it is time to move on okay. i mean it's just i mean how long do they expect to drag this out <laughs> i will just say i will just say i will uh, once again uh you know i would like nothing better than to talk to the uh, friends of the bridge i think we need to hear from the uh, friends of the bridge i don't think this whole thing john graham if you're listening i'm talking to you i'm listening to your other uh, i'm talking to your other uh, friends of the bridge uh this whole thing of going into exile is very cowardly at uh, this point in time you need to uh, come out of the closet and uh, be heard from here and uh you know i don't know how else to put it eight o'clock 
99.5 WCME. Bill Thompson, thanks very much for uh, coming in. Welcome, yeah. Nice to see you. Well, kind of disappointing. I thought we were going to talk about Trader Joe's versus Market Basket. <laughs> I mean, that's just as big of an issue now, too, not, right? No, nah, nah, I wouldn't say so. 8 o'clock, uh, WCME.